From Smashing the Plateau, I'm David Schreiner-Khan with Going Solo. In this show, we discuss building your own successful business after a late career job loss. And it became very clear to me that corporate America certainly didn't want someone that was 60 years old. Today on episode four of Going Solo, I'm speaking with Lorianne Vaughn Speaks. Lorianne faced a very unexpected and traumatic end to a long career of successful employment. Listen as Lorianne shares how she reinvented herself to quickly build even greater success as an entrepreneur. In only her second year in business, Lorianne has discovered new services that add to the bottom line. I'm sure you'll find Lorianne's story very inspiring. You can find out more about Lorianne and all of our episodes at goingsolo.smashingtheplateau.com. If you are building your own business after a late career job loss, let's talk. Go to our website at smashingtheplateau.com and click on Schedule Time with David to speak with me. Now, before we jump into this incredibly important topic with Lorianne, I have to talk to you about our marketing team at CastSource. As you know, we want to improve the lives of as many people as possible that deal with a late career job loss. CastSource knows how to build connections with our audience through amazing content marketing. It's reassuring to work with a team that gets us. Everything the CastSource team produces is top-notch, and does exactly what we need. We highly recommend the CastSource team and their content marketing services to you as you develop your marketing strategy. They'll help you with the creative and the execution of the creative. Learn more by visiting cascm.com. That's K-A-Z-C-M.com. Now let's welcome Lorianne Vaughn Speaks. Lorianne was laid off at over age 60 in Los Angeles. Holy crap, did she give up? No, she went through a midlife reinvention and grew a business working with speakers and authors, providing her expertise. Now, Lorianne has other talented women of varying ages with various skill sets to support her clients. Lorianne, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, David. I'm so pleased to be here. So, Lorianne, what was your experience? How did you become suddenly unemployed? <laughs> Yeah, that was a scary time. I was just turning 60 when my boss, who was 75, who swore she would never retire, did. <laughs> and there I was in Los Angeles, the youth capital of the world, at 60, sending out resumes. And it became very clear to me that corporate America certainly didn't want someone that was 60 years old, which I find really stupid. But okay. And I realized if I wanted to continue to work, I was going to create my own company. So that way I could hire myself. There you go. But um, I had had lots of years with this thought speaker and I just knew I had skills still to offer. So clearly you were surprised, Lorianne, <laughs> by your boss's decision. How did it feel when you first heard that the news from her? Wow. I think my heart went up into my throat for a half a sec. I kind of saw it coming. I knew she was in the midst of trying to sell her company, but the first time she sold the company, it fell through. So I was kind of just saying, well, I'm going to stay on until, you know, the, the bitter end for sure. But the bitter end came in December of 2017. And uh, yeah, I was scared. <laughs> 
I won't lie. How did you deal with your fear? Well, I'm not one to, you know, waddle in it, so to speak. So I sat there and I went, okay, I had set up my resume. I did that. I actually reached out the day I was laid off to another writer whom I just adored and told her what was happening. We had lunch the very next week and she said, you're on my team now. Now, you know, she couldn't afford to bring me on full time. And I realized that, you know what, that's really the case for most people, for most speakers and authors. They don't necessarily have a huge organization behind them. And I thought, wow, this could be my niche of, you know, helping out people, whether you need 10 hours a month or 20 hours a month. And that kind of created my whole business plan. Now, were you looking for a business plan like right in those first few weeks or were you looking for employment? Both. <laughs> uh, not one to just wait on things because I knew uh, because my best friend had been unemployed for three years while she was looking for, you know, actively looking for work. And I realized I'd seen it before and I knew it was not going to be easy. So I said, well, in the meantime, I can do these small jobs. And if something comes up that really, you know, grabbed my attention that I could go full time into that. But um, it just that part never materialized. But boy, the company sure did. Yeah. Did you find that there was uh, that you were being pulled in too many different directions, both looking for employment and starting a business? No, not really. I've always been a multitasker. <laughs> There's this word that goes with multitasking. It's called mom. And so I knew, you know, I spent an hour in the morning putting out resumes and then the rest of the time was developing possible clients and doing the work for uh, my my present client. And um, so, no, I'm really organized. So I kind of, that's, I just did it both at the same time. Mm -hmm. and how, how far into the process were you when you realized that being an entrepreneur was a better option? Well, I've always had an entrepreneurial spirit. And um, about three months into it, I had now three clients and I went, you know what? I can make this work. And I hadn't gotten one bite on any resume. And so about three months into it, I knew, okay, let's just quit with the, the you know, the resumes going out and let's just make this happen. So, so at that point, after three months, you stopped sending out resumes. I did. I gave, I, I gave up on that whole thing. Okay. How long did it take you until you felt like you were achieving as much success in your business as you had as an employee before that? The exact dollar amount took almost a year, but but then it just took off. So um, when I went to New Media Summit, I went from three clients to 10 clients in a matter of about three weeks. And so I, um, by the 14th month, I was making double what I was making as an employee. And then this last month, I made triple what I made as an employee. Wow. And how many years are you in business now? <laughs> 15, 16 months. Wow. Congratulations, Lorian. That's not, it's really awesome. <laughs> Thank you. 
Thank you. Yeah. And I actually hired my full-time employee and I still have a number of other women that I call on for their expertise, whether it's research or graphics or things along that line. Um, as David will attest to, I am a techno weenie. So um, anything technical, <laughs> I just call Bree and I say, Bree, get your, I, I need you, come fix this. <laughs> and she rolls, she's 29. She rolls her eyes at me, but we're a good team. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. 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 What were some of the challenges as you started to develop your business? I'll tell you, um, some of the challenges were just that that confidence level. I knew what I was doing on my service end, but like I say, technology is not my strong point. But you know the old saying, you can never teach an old dog new tricks? It's baloney because I have learned so much in the last 14, 15 months that the challenges became successes because I created my own marketing um, document. I created my own website. And I mean, who I never thought I could do that kind of thing stuff. And now I am at 60, almost 61. I do the social media for everybody, which is just so funny to me because when Twitter first came up, I my whole response was, well, who wants to know that you're eating a turkey sandwich today? I didn't get it. I didn't get it at all. And it wasn't until, you know, I saw the business positives and how much it's grown over these last few years. It's um, amazing. So just the the technology part and just getting over my fear of technology, that was a big obstacle. Now it's a success. Lorianne, what have been some of the resources that have been most helpful to you to try to overcome some of the challenges that are, were part of new things you were doing? Well, I'll tell you, when I did my website, I'm not here to plug. You might want to click that part of it out, but I went through GoDaddy. And I was so impressed at how easy it was to create my website. And I mean, I think there's a lot of support out there that the, the turnkey kind of situations that will help you make it easy. And so I really think that that's a real plus. Just the fact that everything is at our fingertips, that if I need to learn how to do something, I can go Google it and learn it. I'm not the best at manuals, so if I can find an easy article that explains things to me, much, much better. I don't think I've ever made it through a manual in my life. So, you know, I'd say that those are the real pluses, just the amount of information that you have access to. Yeah. Do you think that many people make the learning process too complicated for themselves? Yes. Yes. And I'll tell you the God's honest truth. I think a lot of it is just your fear taking over. I know that that was my my case. You know, I was so scared to do things. And I knew I had this 29-year-old at my beck and call. And sometimes I just said, can you please do this? And she was sort of like, you know, if you learned how to do this yourself. <laughs> and I think we all have those kind of fears where it's just like, <gasps> get over it. Just, just do it. You'll be amazed at what you can accomplish. 
And one of the things that I hear a lot from people going through major transitions and going from employment to entrepreneurship is certainly one of them. One of the things I hear is that there is a lot of fear involved. Yes. And I'd love to hear some of the strategies that you use. Clearly, I mean, you've you've talked about it already a few times in this episode. However, you seem to be the kind of person who looks fear in the face and just keeps right on going. I am the type of person, and I think it's, it has served me very well over many years, is to the fact that if I can fix something, I do it right away, and I just do it and move on. If I can't fix it or if I don't have control over it, I let it go because it's only going to fester inside you. So if I can, if I can fix it, I fix it. Boom, move, go, do it. If I don't have control of the situation and I have no ability to change it, I just let it go. Yeah. I think that letting go is, is hard for a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. I will say it's been a saving grace in my life, to be very honest with you. And I guess if you can't let it go, what you need to do is hire someone to do that project for you. What we didn't talk about is the fact that I have this virtual assistance company. And not that I'm saying, you know, call me, but there are things that it would take you five hours to do. But if you hired someone, it would take them half an hour so much better use of your time. Do what you do best and hire the others to do the other stuff. And I know that can be scary as a solopreneur, but you need to spend your time on what brings you the income and what you do best. Go for a VA. You don't have to go through the whole, you know, benefits and vacation and taxes and all that kind of stuff. VAs, 1099 them, use them for a project, start small, start small. And if they can get these things done for you and you can let it go, let it go. Yeah, I often see people, especially solopreneurs, when they, when they aren't making a lot of money, they're really afraid to hire someone. It's the best thing they can do. Right. Even if the cost is relatively modest, how can you make a case for spending money on someone else to do something that may be a struggle for you if you aren't making enough income to cover their expenses? Well, you're never going to get past that. It depends on what your strength is and what your company is about. But if you need to be the salesperson that is going out and making the sales, you should be doing that. That's where your income is being generated. And if you're spending five hours a day doing stuff you're not good at, that's five hours that you could be out there selling. And, you know, on on the different sites, and there's a million of them out there, there's um, Fiverr, there's Elon, um, what is it, Odesk, Elance, there's a number of them that you can get a VA to do a specific project for like $10 an hour. And if you go outside the United States, it's even less. So, you know, it depends on what you need to have done. But honestly, if you're going to take five hours to do something that would take someone else a half an hour, it doesn't make any sense not to hire them. Right. The other thing that I heard you talk about just now is 
you should be really strategic in the use of your time and pay attention to where your income actually comes from. Like, where do you spend your time that actually produces income? Exactly. Whether you're currently producing enough income now or not, but how do you focus your energy on what is going to generate in- income? And if if you need to spend your time building relationships that are resulting in sales, then spend your time building those relationships as opposed to fiddling with your website or exactly. or doing some kind of administrative task. Exactly. Exactly. Networking. It's all about networking. And I know that over the past 15 months, there's been a few, you know, trades. Let's say you are an excellent marketing specialist or a content specialist, but you need someone to, um, let's say, you know, get out your invoices or something along that line. Trade them services. If money is so tight, that might not be the place to go to Fiverr and those kind of places because that's going to strictly be a cash kind of um, situation. But network with your the people that are in your, whether it's your LinkedIn or Twitter, um, if you're business oriented, if it's more self-help and things along that line, you want Instagram and Facebook to be your primary social media places, but go in and network. Yeah. If you see something that's, Uh, a friend or a colleague has put out that you really like, reach out to them, say, hey, I can trade you this for that. And have you done that? Yeah, I have. Yeah, And what's worked well for you when you've made those trades? Well, you know, I've been very lucky, but I'm not a graphics person. And so I worked with someone and did their, um, I actually proofed their book. So I did their proofing of their book and they created videos for me and Instagram and and um, graphics for posting. They did a number of different things for me. So so it was like an even tr- Stephen trade for me to to do that with him. And it made total sense. And from that, we have both referred people to each other, you know, to each other's networks. Um, so it's been a real good win win. Lorian, let's talk a little bit about your your sweet spot in terms of of your offering. Mm-hmm. What is it you most love to do and you're most competent at doing? Oh gosh, I I actually do love proofing and editing. I'm a <laughs> I used to say I was a grammar Nazi because that's what I did for my kids when they were growing up. You know, I did not help them with their homework other than papers and whatnot, and I'd sit there with my red pen, which they hated. But now, as adults. They they appreciate it. I love proofing. I actually, believe it or not, I never thought I'd say this. I love social media. I love going in there and posting for people and keep getting their presence upped into these various platforms. I think those are my favorites. But we help people in, we help speakers and authors and podcasters in all facets of their business development. Mm. And before you started your own business, were these the same kinds of activities that you were most involved doing when you were an employee? When I was an employee, I did a lot of proofing and editing. Yes, we Bev was um, and is an amazing thought leader. And we were involved in six best-selling books. And when I say that, I'm talking Wall Street Journal, not necessarily Amazon. So... <laughs> 
So yeah, proofing and editing and things along that line, whether it was an article, whether it was a book, whether it was just looking at a, a presentation and making sure that, you know, all the T's were crossed and the I's were dotted. I'm a, I'm a detail person. So I love doing that kind of stuff. Right. So was the, the transition for you from employment to entrepreneurship primarily, other than social media, which we've talked about, what, was it primarily providing the same kinds of services just to multiple clients as opposed to one employer? No, actually, I've kind of moved into a a search kind of function because a lot of the speakers are new and want to get on more stages. And so I've found that I'm doing a lot of research on finding new places for speakers to sell from the stage, so to speak. So I am doing a lot more outreach with regards to finding the right conferences for my clients. So um, that's something that when I was working for my employer, she was so well known that you know, we didn't really have to do that. They came to us with the younger and or you know up and coming speakers, whether they're young or old or whatever. A lot of that is trying to find the right avenues to you know get their ideal clients in front of them. And what's worked best for you as you've tried to figure out where your sweet spot is in your business versus what you were doing primarily as an employee? Well, I found that each each client is completely different on what they want. So I find that um, my ability to multitask has been called into play on a number of different times. But I would say that that the only thing that's changed is I do a lot more research and whatnot for my clients than I ever had to do for my employer. Sounds good. So now you're at the beginning of your second year, right, of your business. Mm -hmm. How do you think things are going to unfold over the next couple of years? Well, it's been it, it's been so funny because, you know, I made goals for December of this year that I hit in April. <laughs> so I'm re I'm refocusing my my plans and I really want to see myself move into um, strictly business development and hire more people in that VA role. But in doing so, I need to create a. VA certification process for for those that want to support speakers, authors, and podcasters, because it is a different entity. It is a different kind of set of administrative functions that we do compared to, you know, Joe the plumber or whatever small business other AAs are looking at. So yeah, that's my goal this year now is to move into creating a a certification process, and then using the cream of the crop for my company and others, you know, to be able to say, oh, okay, I get what I'm walking into so that they're not blown away too. Because a lot of times when you hire a VA and things don't work out, it's because they don't know your business. And that's really a key in finding a good VA is someone that understands what your business is all about. And that's an important factor Be besides really soft skills like personality. 
you need to make sure that you can, you know, communicate with this person, that they get you um, so that when they're reaching out for you, they know what they're doing too. clear communication, personality match and industry experience. Those are the three points that if you're looking for the VA, do that really key in on those. Lorianne, if somebody wants to get in touch with you and go deeper with anything we've talked about today or just learn mm-hmm. more about how you help your clients, where mm-hmm. would they go? They would go to www.lvsconsultingservices.com. That's Lorianne Vaughn Speaks. <laughs> or as I always say, L, V as in Victor, S as in Sam. So that's my website. And you can take a look and see what I have to offer. And I actually do have a free document on there called 10 Ways to Create Massive Growth in Your Speaking Business. It's totally free. And David, don't roll your eyes. They don't even have to put their email into my system to get it. Because if you need me, you're going to remember. And if not, it's okay. It's okay. That's actually a great attitude. Great attitude. Lorianne, thank you so much for taking the time to join us. My guest today has been Lorianne Vaughn Speaks, the founder of LVS Consulting Services. Thank you again, Lorianne, for joining us. Thank you, David. I totally appreciate it. When you visit the Going Solo website, At goingsolo.smashingtheplateau.com, you'll find a summary of each episode along with the links we mention on the show. Today, we learned how Lorianne Vaughn Speaks went from sudden employment at age 60 to running a successful business a year later. If you are building your own business after a late career job loss, let's talk. Go to our website at smashingtheplateau.com and click on Schedule Time with David to speak with me. Please share this episode with friends and colleagues to help them learn how to build a successful business after a late career job loss. And remember, when you support our sponsors, you help us bring Going Solo to you for free. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our show. I'll see you on our next episode.